all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Hanno. Hmm. I'm David. I'm Rachel. And this is All Bad Things. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> do you want to do the the patter? The the patter? What do you mean? Follow us. Oh well, no. You can. You, you're very good at that. <clears throat> all right. Follow us since the Twitter, Facebook, at All Bad Things Pod. Email us All Bad Things Pod at gmail dot com. Yes. And join our discard in our Facebook discussion group. Yes. Do all of those things. Do all of those things at once. Yes. Immediately. And simultaneously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was it um, insubordinate and, and churlish? <laughs> it feels like we haven't recorded in a while. Why does it feel? We did the Princess Sophia was only like a week ago. I think so. Yeah, but it does. It does feel like it's been a little while. Yeah, it, it does. I think because the live episode was pretty, like we recorded it well before it came out. Mm-hmm. And, um. And I had hoped to have some research done for this episode, but um, <clears throat> it's one I'm really enjoying doing. Like, the research, obviously, the disaster is horrible, but um, <clears throat> and I didn't want to, I didn't want to rush it, and we still have some listener scripts, so um, they're all air disasters, <laughs> except, like, one. <laughs> um, but uh, also... I am. Um, this episode is going to come out. <laughs> the actual new deadline for taxes here federally in the United States. Uh, so I am dealing with all of my like teeth pulling clients, who I basically am having to grab by the collar and haul to the finish line, <laughs> and whatever by whatever means necessary. I am texting. I am calling. And I am not a person who texts or calls clients. I am email only, but these people, I swear, I'm just like, come on, you can do it. We can be done. So there's that. <laughs> and um, and then I started grad school. <laughs> yes, you that. did. Yes. In school again. You just can't really get enough bad school. Timing. Really bad timing. The last few days of tax season and uh, first few days of class. It's a five-week course that they're fitting in everything for a... She said it, the professor said it was uh, three years worth of business law compacted into five weeks, which doesn't seem wise to me. No, probably not the best way to do it, but, but whatever. <laughs> if you get the piece of paper out of it uh, at the end. Eventually. I mean, it's going to take me a while. You can just do... revisit the business law stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, whatever. It is it is what it is, but uh, there'll be a lot of, it's a lot of reading. It's a lot of reading. Speaking of reading. Yes. Guess what I finished last night? Lee's book. Finally! Oh my god, after two years, I feel like the biggest piece of shit for the fact that it took me two years to read that book. And it wasn't because it wasn't good, it's because I'm me. (laughs) And I pick things up and I put things down. I am halfway through, or a third of the way through, or a tenth of the way through, a very large number of excellent books. Yes, you are. I never seem to finish. I'm doing better about that lately. And I was like, well, obviously, I need to finish Lee's book. Especially, I was able to finish it before 
class started. So I was like, yeah. okay, good. Yeah, because I don't know that I'm going to be reading much of anything other than class stuff. But um, Yeah, there's a couple of video games I need to finish. <laughs> <laughs> but it... Books. What? What are those? You do audiobooks. I do. Yeah, I, I like audiobooks too. Um, it was, of course, and it goes without saying, excellent. Um, what I really liked about it, it this is... By the way, to clarify, <laughs> just in case anyone was wondering, this is So Others May Live by Lee Hutch, one of our fine OG listeners mm-hmm. um, and friends, who uh, is a former firefighter and arson investigator and a history professor. I didn't know until, of course, he's well-educated. I didn't realize that for some reason until, like, I didn't even think about that until I read his author's notes. In the end, he has a master's in history. And that's not He's surprising. all educated and shit. Yeah, and mm-hmm. shit. And you could tell in the novel, like, he really clearly, uh, like, there was detailed information. And then he talked a little bit in the notes about how he got some of that information in his historical research. And it was really great. Um, it also, it felt likely. Like, it sounded likely. It had his voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a few times where there were, like, a little joke here or there or whatever. And I was like, that sounds like Lee, but just slightly restrained. Like he wanted to say more. And then in the in the notes, he talked about uh, how grateful he was for his editor who like told him that not to do certain <laughs> things or whatever. I'm like, that's why it felt restrained. <laughs> but it's an excellent book. Cannot recommend enough. I read our soft cover, our paperback mm-hmm. copy um, to keep our lovely uh, signed first edition hardcover edition yes yes um all intact so we've got both of those and just in time for his second book to be coming mm-hmm. out uh molly's song which i think he said is due out in june i think so we need to pre-order that yes that's gonna be very good it'll come out in time for my class to be over and then i can there you it. go perfect time <laughs> and not take two years to read it this time yes <laughs> so thank you for your patience lee and for the signed copy that was very nice um Excellent book. Buy it. And while we've just had this recent rant about books, Mm -hmm. let's move on to something more important like hockey. (laughs) As the Carolina Hurricanes will open the playoff season, their playoff season, Mm -hmm. come Monday, which is... When this podcast comes out. What's the the date today? Okay, 13th. It's the 17th. 17th. Yes. I know, because it's tax day. Yes. Against Nashville. The so, Reds. so I know there there might be some Nashville fans out there listening. Good luck mm. to you. But for the for those of you who are not Nashville fans that are listening to the podcast, let's go Canes. Go Canes. Yes. <laughs> root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, that's right. It's a shame. <laughs> I've told you that I I I learned it as root, root, root for the Cubbies, and I didn't yes, know that that was. Know, yeah, when I was in first grade, everybody watched a baseball game like in class or whatever, and they had us sing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game," and everybody said "Home Team," and I was like, "What the fuck? Is the words It took me way too many years to realize that those are the real <laughs> words. Although I'm guessing every team does that. Probably like, that can. Yeah, puts their own team in there. But anyway, so oh, what we what we drinking? We are having Noda, which is out of Charlotte, mm-hmm. North Carolina. Noda Brewing's uh, Lager Days? Yes. Yes. Lager Days. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It's a little light, refreshing. Yeah, it's good summer beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good for um, 
Good for a gas shortage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Here in North Carolina, apparently we are the epicenter we are, of apparently. gas panic. Which I, only I saw quite a, a bit of it. Because people panic. Yes, I saw quite a bit of it on the way to work the other day. It was kind of funny. Like people blocking the streets <laughs> like it's the end of the fucking world. Which, again... For people who actually need gas as a requirement, like they can't work from home, they, uh, they or they drive for a Lyft or Uber or something like that, or like if your living depends on your transportation and you don't have other options, I get it. But it's like fucking soccer moms and shit, just hoarding gas. People, did you see the thing well, online? Got, Joey's got to get to soccer practice. Did you see the thing online where people were literally filling up plastic yes, bags? Yes, I did see that, and they had to put out. Uh, Whoever had to put out a statement saying, that that's... do not put gasoline in plastic bags. And then they were putting it in the back of their car. Oh my do God. Do you know their, how their dangerous car... that is? On top of that, that car is going to, the inside yes. of that car is going to smell, smell like, like gasoline, gasoline forever. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, that's that's horrible. And it's, it's selfish, too. So fucking selfish. Just like, uh, yeah, it bothers me that people panic about mm-hmm. things as i said on facebook it is my theory that people panic about these things because they know they will eventually resolve and to avoid thinking about the fact that we're all hurling on a planet in the middle of a galaxy on a planet that's becoming increasingly hostile to our life and that one day we'll all die <laughs> There's that old positive, little positive spin. Yes. Well, it's like I told. Uh, it's like I told my eight-year-old niece. Well, life is full of disappointments now, isn't it? Yes. That's what you get from your nihilist aunt. Yes, and she'll regret that later. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listener script, and I know what the topic is. Yes. Spoiler alert. So no. No uh, surprise here. In fact, we tried recording this once, and it was an epic fail. Well, it wasn't an epic. It's just... We weren't good in it. Yeah. It was the epic fail. Yeah, like, we, we decided to redo it. It doesn't happen often, Mm-mm. but it's happened a couple times, mm-hmm. a few times, um, where we record, and then we look at each other, and we're like, well, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it's, Again, not the script. No, 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 no. Us. Like, we sucked doing it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that makes sense. Like, sometimes we're just tired, or mm-hmm. and it was just a bad idea to record that night, or whatever the case may be, so... Um, and the fact that it was a listener script too, it's like, we can't, we can't let that happen. We, we mm-hmm. can't let our lackluster performance reflect badly on, uh, on any of you because that's not what's causing it. So, no. so this is a redo. It is. And this is a script sent to us by our listener, Nina. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nina helped me out with, uh, Polish pronunciation for the Katowice trade hall collapse. And I've got a lot of well, not a lot. Oh, oh, you I, get to speak, or you get to pronounce all this. Well, I inserted she the pronunciations that she did have. I just went ahead. I fleshed out the the research a little bit. I put just in a little, a little bit little more. Bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the tough the the pronunciations that I knew were going to be tough. I put it next to the word every single time. Yes, that's a good. So plan. as to not try to remember. Oh, how do I? Like, like nope. I do constantly looking back at previous pages. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that's smart. <laughs> exactly like that. That's what I was trying to avoid. <laughs> well, that was a smart idea then. So this is the story of Lot's Polish Airlines Flight fifty fifty five air crash in the Kabata Woods Nature Reserve. 
So lots um, being capital L, capital O, capital T, lot, Polish Airlines Flight 5055 was an Aleutian U. 62M that crashed in the Kabata Woods Nature Reserve in Warsaw, Poland, the capital, on May 9th, 1987 at 11.12 a.m. local time. Oh, it's, it's May 9th. We just passed the anniversary. We did, yes. The crash set three unfortunate records. The deadliest crash involving an Aleutian U-62M plane. I, I know that sounds <laughs> that's <very> strange, <laughs> but uh, that's, that is how it's pronounced. How is it um, spelled, U? Um, I think I put in the... Oh, it's like I-L with no, the little well, no, crossbar thing, huh? No, E-E-W. That's no, how I... That's how it's pronounced. Yeah. But, but it's spelled mm-hmm. like with a weird... I shouldn't say weird. With a very non-traditional for, for American English, like an I with a yes. slash through it and an L or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was the deadliest aviation disaster in Polish history and the most mm-hmm. fatal crash in the history of lots, the actual airline. Oh, okay. So we have three different yeah. records that nobody really wants to break. Well, including the whole country, the the yeah. most, uh, the deadliest crash in the whole country. The flight was destined for JFK International Airport in New York City. From Warsaw? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the airports. Founded in 1934, the airport was previously known as Warsaw Okaucha Airport and bore the name of its Okaucha neighborhood throughout its history. It was renamed in honor of Polish composer and former Warsaw resident Frederick Chopin. Yes, I was going to say, I know Chopin's Polish. In 2001. Oh, so it's now Chopin Airport? Well, we'll get to that. Oh, okay. Despite the official change, Okaucha remains in popular and in industry use, including air traffic and aerodrome Uh. aerodrome references. It is Poland's busiest airport with 18.9 million passengers in 2019 thus handling approximately 40% of the country's total air passenger traffic. Wow. Well, it's not a huge country, Poland. It's not, but you're handling almost that's half lot. That's of a the... lot to yeah. handle. I would like to go to Poland one day. Yeah, me too. The oh. airport is a central hub for Lot Polish Airlines, covers 834 hectares, which is 3.2 square miles or 8.3 square kilometers of land and handles approximately 300 scheduled flights daily. That's yeah. That's a lot. You know, it's hard to know what's a lot and what's not in an airport. Like, if, if you told me, well, they handle uh, 100 flights a day, I'd be like, wow, that's a lot. But I mean, for all we know, LAX know. handles 3,000 scheduled flights It'd a day. It'd be interesting I mean, to know, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised what's, if it was something that high. Is it? It's not O'Hare. It's the one in Atlanta that's the busiest airport in I think US, so. Right? It's That's, uh, what is the name of oh, that I don't one? know what the I can't remember. airport's called. A lot of people are yelling it right now. Though. Yes, they are. I've been through there. Everybody, if you live in the southeast, you've been through right. the Atlanta airport. You know, I don't think I have. Really? No. I've been through Baltimore because it's a Southwest's hub. Um, I take direct flights to Miami. Um, and that's pretty much all I've flown in the sa- and otherwise going up north mm-hmm. but then you don't connect there, to the, the south but sometimes you sometimes, do sometimes sure. i've had that happen a couple times where like i'm going that, to rochester but i go to atlanta first and then directly to rochester so mm-hmm. i don't know it's, it's weird but i don't think i have in fact i've never been to atlanta not even the airport hmm yeah. well we'll have to go yeah i'd like to i haven't been in a long time maybe i can see nini leaks there you go so moving on to the airline itself lot airline again uh l-o-t was established in 1928 after the merger of all Polish airlines. All Polish airlines? That's a lot of airlines. I say it like that, everybody, because our um, our computer 
fell behind and I got that joke out before. <laughs> when she said more... that, when she said that joke before the computer, the shut, computer down, shut down, literally. Yeah. <laughs> I think, it, think it's telling us all something. <laughs> I said it on the spur of the moment at the time, and that time it was rehearsed. But anyway, it anyway, is... that's, that seems like an odd thing. But I, I guess with a small country post War One, like. Um, to consolidate like that maybe makes sense. Yeah, I guess. Can you and, and I mean, in 1928, flight is still a pretty new technology. That's true. It's, it's not, maybe it's they, not maybe like it, it is like now. Maybe it was like free airlines yeah, or something. Probably. Yeah. Or like mom and pop little tiny ones. It was probably 12 like farmer airlines. They're like, right. They're like, we built a plane. Like it kind of flies. Yeah. They're like, okay, we'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> it is one of the world's oldest airlines still in operation. That makes sense, I guess. Well, from uh, 1928. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's almost 100 years. It is almost 100 Jesus. years. Jesus. 1928 was 93 years ago. Wow. That's when my uh, my grandpa on my dad's side was born. Okay. I mean, he, he died years ago, but... Um, would be 93. He would have, would be 93 next year, yeah. Although he was, uh, he was born on leap day. So he would have been nice. <laughs> whatever did that divided by would have four. Been 10. <laughs> right? <laughs> Not quite. No. Twenty. Or like twenty four or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the name of the airline Lot means flights in Polish. Oh Lot. Mm-hmm. Like uh so but why is it all capitalized, I wonder? I I don't know. Stylists. Probably. So Flight Airlines. Flight Airlines. That's a pretty good name. That pretty that redundant, works. but hey, everybody knows. Air Airlines. Air Airlines. A-A-Ron. <laughs> and, and, and. And, and, and. So the aircraft itself we are on to. Uh, the aircraft is a Soviet long-range four-engine jetliner with capacity for almost 200 passengers and crew and was the world's largest jet airliner when first flown in 1963. Huh. The aircraft was a 186-seater built in the third quarter of 1983 and named Kozlusko after the Polish military leader and national hero. Huh. Uh, and this is in parentheses. Yes, another thing named after an actual Polish person. Polish person. Apparently, we are really proud of our people and try to make everyone aware of them. But let's face it, nobody will remember a name like this to go and check encyclopedias <laughs> or, in current times, Google who that person was. Right. It was so bad with Maria Sklodowska Curie that oh, some right, that sometime yeah. during our history, somebody decided to change her name to Mary Curie, mm-hmm. as it's just easier. <laughs> See, end, of, end of quotation I, I remember or end of parentheses <laughs> i remember when we did first read this script i remember reading that and saying like i didn't i didn't even know madame curie was polish i would have guessed she was british i, I don't know why i i, I didn't oh, know what madame she was Carrie, so I french is what yeah. probably what i would have guessed but no for all i for french. all i knew she was american i had no idea uh, so this particular plane took its first flight in 1984 and had less than 8,000 hours in the air by the time of the crash. So it's a relatively a new, plane. new plane. Probably like, I, I would think probably around 8,000 hours is probably when the plane starts getting broken in a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, yeah. I don't know what's considered, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to, I don't want to think about what breaking in a plane is like, mm. but I'm Which, sure it's something that has to be done. I guess. You know. But you don't break in a car. You kind of do. I mean, yeah. the interior, but you don't have to break in the driving of the car. Yeah. You do. No. <laughs> That's not how cars work. <laughs> They're ready to go. Well, un- unless it has a, a bum fuel pump like yours did. Yes, like mine did. <laughs> Thankfully, it was under warranty. warranty. Yes. <laughs> so the crew and passengers... 
All crew members were Polish. The captain, uh, Zygmunt, uh, Zygmunt Palachik, this is a name I kept having to put in parentheses <laughs> just to, so I'd remember it correctly. So Zygmunt Palachik was 59 years old. He had 19,745 flight hours experience uh, in quotations. Uh, quotations, I'm sorry, parentheses. I keep saying in quotations. Okay. I have found some confusing data regarding his experience on the EU-62 machines. Some sources say he had a total of 5,542 hours experience on all uh, EU-62M models he had ever flown. Some say it was 5,524 hours. That's pretty close. And uh, 3,725 on the EU-62M, the kind that was involved. Uh But regardless, looks like he had over 5,000 hours experience on the 62 models of the Aleutian. Right. Uh, End of parentheses. At the time of catastrophe, he was two days short of the ninth anniversary of becoming a captain of the aircraft, oh. of the aircraft type. Okay. The first officer, Leopold Karcher, or Karher, was aged 44. The remaining flight crew, crew were flight engineer, flight navigator, radio operator, and a trainer of flight engineers on a routine observation of his progress. Mm. There were five flight attendants on board, bringing the total amount of crew members to 11. You know, it's funny, I feel like a... a... What feels like a large number of our plane crashes have, like, somebody training or observing on board. But I guess that's pretty normal. Probably pretty standard. That kind of makes sense, because... Have a second eye on things. Or you're constantly Mm -hmm. uh, bringing new people on board, uh, training new people, or... I guess... I guess it would make sense... I do not know anything about this, but it would make sense if um, pilots were occsionally evaluated... Like somebody I'm just sure comes they, aboard I, to just I, I like hope they auditing, are. like yes. being audited, right? I, I hope they are. That'd be nice. <laughs> or um, at least if or, there's or a like, plane or, or like something. Or like the uh, or like the FAA is like, oh, we don't we don't have that money in the budget anymore. Like no no more observing pilots. Well, see, I would think it, that it would actually be on the airline. That the airlines, the one like there are FAA regulations, and the airlines have to comply, so it would sure. actually be on the airlines' time. Again, but, let's let's <laughs> hope so. I mean, I don't know for sure, but yeah. let's hope so. Do you know I had a client who uh, I was, uh, I had a Zoom meeting with a client and uh, he had traveled recently for work, like on a job, on a job trip. Um, and I, 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 he was vaccinated, but I asked him how, how it felt to, to travel. And he was like, it was weird. The plane was like full. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I get, well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think what they're doing is there, there are fewer flights, but they're more full now. Sure. But he said it was full, just like normal. Hmm. No, that's a little creepy. It'll be weird to be on a plane again. I'm not going to be doing it anytime too terribly soon. I will be in the fall. <sighs> For your Nashville trip? Yes. Uh, well, it's going to be Nashville or Kansas City. Uh, that, oh, is, that is the other thing, our dear listeners. The NFL schedule came out last night, so... Uh, did not get to do uh, guys guys Bills road trip last year for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. Well, there was nowhere to. There was nowhere to go. <laughs> At that time in the season, there were no stand, fans in the stands. Yeah. Period. Because it was like we were supposed to go to Vegas, and I think that was like week yeah. five. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Couldn't go last year, obviously. So. Well, the CDC just put out today, uh, which we're recording on the May thirteenth. The CDC put out guidelines, basically saying that. Like people who are vaccinated generally don't have to worry about sure. wearing masks. Although I still, you still need to wear them I'm, when and they're I'm required sh- by law. I'm sure even next season they'll still have them in the stadiums. You know, I'm I'm thinking I'm going to be wearing them in public for the foreseeable future. 
regardless of guidelines, you know, um, certainly in public with um, unknown people, like just out to the store or something. Um, and certainly in like a stadium or whatever, although um, I don't know the next time I'm going to be in a stadium. Um, probably not for a while. Hopefully for me, it'll be in the next week or two. <laughs> That's right, to see the Canes. Mm-hmm. Right? But right now, I mean, there are only, there are still, there's only 5,000 people that can attend games as of this moment, and there are no tickets available. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's the other thing. I thought I'd be able to go to a playoff game, but I just might not be able if to. If there's a run on gas, you can bet there's a run on Canes playoff tickets. Yes. Uh, there already is. Like, yeah. I, I, I found that out yesterday, and I was... Are like, people reselling them for absurd amounts? I don't think yet. Uh, I we'll see in the next couple of days, but one way or another, I'll I'll figure out a way. Okay. I know people who know people who know people <laughs> who you know don't have who know other in people. Promotions departments anymore? Though. I don't. I don't. Oh, oh well. <laughs> so the flight and the crash. Mm. So on to the. So we've got into the detail of the plane itself, the crew. Um, the airline, and on to the unfortunate part we always get to. Which you sick people seem to enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> so on the 9th of May, 1987, around 10 a.m., passengers were heading towards the gates to board their flight. The weather was good, it was sunny, and the sky was clear, and there was a little wind. The flight procedures were initiated at 10.07 a.m. Crew got runway 33 clearance at 10.17 a.m., and the crew got takeoff clearance at 10.18 a.m. Uh, Thaddeus uh, Kuzlusko was in the air. Remember, that's the nickname of the model of the plane. Is, oh, that's uh, the name of the... Y- yes. Okay. The first few minutes of the flight were routine. Nothing out of ordinary. Well, and especially, you know, that that is something that as a passenger... If it's nice weather, I'm not gonna be too. I'm worried. fine with it. Yeah, I'm not. You I'm know? not really worrying at all. Because what you're worrying about is the fucking turbulence. Is clouds from. and mm-hmm. I mean, I've taken like when I flew back from Green Bay that mm-hmm. one time, it was pouring down rain. I'm like, this is just not. This flight's not gonna be fun. No. <laughs> so I flew back. I that's that's the last time I was in Atlanta because I went from Green oh, Bay okay. to Atlanta to that here. Was your connection, mm-hmm. connecting flight. Uh, did wait? Did Brandon go with you? He wound person? up having to because oh, right. they they had to can't because the weather it was like severe weather they yeah, had to cancel right. one of the flights that he so was he on. So he had to go all the way to Georgia and then back to Arkansas. Yes. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, he's literally he's, he was literally like because he was looking at the flight pattern he was like he's like we're literally gonna fly over my house. <laughs> oh yeah, because he was mostly just due south. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't little, that far a west, but. And then he had to go all the way east, south, well southeast, and then oh, that's and then go back. Inefficient. Yes. Oh, poor guy. Must have been a long day of flying, and scary too. Scary flying. He he said he was fine. I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was fine, but I was just like, yeah. Like, I won't watch this Game of Thrones episode right now with all the violence. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you need to watch something very calm. Yeah, so I need to watch something serene. <laughs> So the first few minutes of the flight were routine, as I'd stated, nothing out of the ordinary. Because of the weight of fuel that the plane needed to fly across the ocean, the climb was slightly slower than anticipated. Oh, because it was weighed down. Mm-hmm, because okay. it's flying direct to New York City. Yeah, that's a long flight. That long feels like flight. a very long flight. Mm-hmm. Not something that, uh, obviously, a plane in the 80s is certainly capable yeah. of doing, but yeah. it takes probably a little bit more to get it prepared and, you know. They, that must be a whole... Well, this is the most obvious statement 
thus far, but it, it must be such a science to determine how much fuel to put on a plane. Oh, of course it is. Because yeah. you want Physics. to put as little as you can, but to leave get the some maximum, for emergencies. And to get the maximum and, out of it. Yes. Yeah. Efficiency. Yeah. So the crew was unable to climb to the 180 level, which is 18,000 mm-hmm. feet or 5,489 meters, from which it could safely climb up to the cruising altitude of 31,000 feet or 9,449 meters mm-hmm. without potentially colliding with military aircraft oh. that might have been training in the area. Might have been. Might have been. It's a little scary that there's a question mark on that. They were told to stay at the 160 level. Okay. This situation wasn't anything uncommon for planes taking off from this area. Military base nearby? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Five minutes later, Flight 5055 left the military maneuver area and got clearance from area control to, uh, quote-unquote, climb immediately. Okay. At that moment, the crew applied maximum thrust on the engine in an attempt to climb to 18,000 feet. At 10.41 a.m., nine minutes after the maximum thrust was applied... At 26,900 feet, or 8,200 meters, and 500 miles per hour, or 810 kilometers per hour, an explosion occurred in engine number Uh two, the inner left engine. The inner left engine, okay. Debris from the explosion violently spread around, puncturing the fuselage, severing, severing flight controls and electrical cables, and causing severe damage to engine number one, the outer left one, which soon... Which soon after started to burn. So there are two. Now there are two engines down. And they're on the same. They're on, on the, the same, same side. wing. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. The crew reacted immediately, and the captain ordered to lower the engine thrusts. Not fully knowing what had happened, yeah. suspected being suspecting being hit by something or possibly colliding with another aircraft. Well, yeah, because at that point he wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. What caused it, yeah. They knew two of the four engines were disabled. Yeah. Due to dehermitization, the pilots started an emergency descent to 13,200 feet or 4,000 meters. So the captain ordered to turn around and drop fuel as soon as the plane finished turning. At 10.44 a.m., Aleutian contacted area control with an update, quote, we will be dropping fuel, we're coming back to Warsaw. Like, dumping it. Like, mm-hmm. just, just they needed to lose some weight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that and, you know, they hit one of the, oh, the what, fire. Oh, what's going to burn, so, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, d- yeah, okay, dump the fuel yeah. so that there's less to burn. Okay, mm-hmm. I get it. Got 5,400 meters, we'll be descending to 4,000, unquote. The crew was wondering if they could land at Gdansk, Gdansk, airport a lot of these are very polish words so. <laughs> well yes we are in poland so bear with me which was pretty much straight north from where they were at the time but captain Polichik decided it would be safer to completely turn around hmm. oh so just go back mm-hmm. the crew contacted area control asking if they could be redirected to Modlin airport around 24 miles or 40 kilometers northwest from okaucha the airport was closer to their current location, and they would be there quicker than the airport they started from. However, Modlin at that time was a military airport, airport, and civil area control had insufficient data to direct Flight 5055 oh. there to complete an emergency landing. So they they didn't they couldn't tell them like this this runway's free or whatever. I, I they guess not. They were probably Tran- it, uh, transparency. It's probably something that they just their government had separated. Like this is our civilian flight. Oh. Force. Mm-hmm. This is our military, and all of a sudden, hearing like civilian, like over the air, it's like you know, be like, what clearance do you have? And uh, who knows? Like, or I, that, I would think it'd be, I would think it'd be the problem would be procedural, or that uh, they just don't have the same transparency if they keep it um, classified, or or just 
they're not on the same um freak like they're not sharing the same information right yeah i yeah and probably all of the above because then you could tell them okay go ahead and land there and like there's no runways free or whatever yeah so yeah i mean it's it's yeah it sounds like it's a procedural problem mm-hmm. so while the crew was waiting for clearance and directions they realized that not all of the fuel had been dropped Ooh. the u62m had three tanks one on each wing and one in the tail Okay, so they really just needed to drop from one. Mm-hmm. The fuel tank in the tail wasn't reacting and still had 35 tons oh. of fuel in it. Flight controller contacted the military asking for permission for 5055 to land at Maudlin once again. Okay. And at 10.53 a.m., another explosion shook the plane, Ooh. and the crew noticed sparks at the back of the plane. Uh-oh. At 10.54 a.m., the crew got clearance for landing at Maudlin, so it wound up oh, okay. working. Okay, okay. At 11 a.m., Captain Polichick decided that the data they had about Maudlin was not enough to safely land and that they will come back to Okaucha and try to land on the original runway 33, the same direction they started from. Ooh, okay. So, yeah. Mm, That's an interesting decision. Well, I mean, I guess if we thought it wasn't safe. Well, here we go. Uh, the, the most important argument behind the decision to come back to the original airport was that Okaucha was fully prepared for a possible crash landing of the aircraft, which was a highly probable outcome. The decision oh, to land. Oh, okay, I got yeah. you. As opposed to the the other airport, I mm-hmm. got you. Okay. The decision to land on runway thirty three was made due to wind direction and trouble with locating the plane in regards to runway fifteen, which was along the travel direction. Uh, in parentheses, basically, they are both one one runway. Fifteen and thirty three correspond to directions a plane okay. can take. Yep. Yep. Planes taking off from one runway thirty three would travel northwest, while planes taking off from runway fifteen would travel southeast. Okay. Uh, end of parentheses. The crew once again tried to drop remaining fuel, and this time it was successful, mm. leaving 32 tons in the tank. The plane was traveling southeast, and to land on runway 33, it needed to travel northwest. Therefore, Captain oh. Palachuk started to turn the plane 180 degrees. Well, but, but, uh, I feel like in case of emergency, can you not I, just change the orientation? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe there's like other shit going on that could make them crash. And this this could be this just could be how they were taught, or it could be their own regulations for flight. I mean, who who knows? Or if they weren't clearing the other runways, maybe it could have caused a major. Yeah, because this this seems to have been something that happened pretty suddenly. Yeah, maybe they didn't and, have time to react enough. Yeah, I guess. But, or he uh, didn't know if they did. Maybe. Yeah. So, during the preparation for emergency landing, the flight attendants realized that one of them was missing. What? One of the flight attendants? Yes. They were speculating that she might have been sucked out of the plane as they were convinced one of the doors had been ripped off during the initial explosion, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You said it it tore through the fuselage. Mm -hmm. Her body to this day has never been recovered. Uh, In parentheses... nobody really knows what happened to her. No. In parentheses... Uh, I, and I couldn't uh, specifically find her name either. Oh, wow. So, oh, man. and her body's never been recovered, so. So I, she co- really could have just I disappeared. Could have been. She could have gotten sucked out and ended her body ended up in the woods somewhere. And, like, Who knows where. Yeah. That's horrible. Oh, poor woman. Although the missing crew member was a tragic occurrence, considering the situation in the mm-hmm. cockpit, the crew just couldn't pay much attention to it in the moment. That, that sucks. You know, you file it, it under, like... This like, is gonna. Like this, this is, this is, is gonna to, suck. 
or, or like this is going to traumatize me when I think about it later. But right. right now, I right now, I've got to get the plane on the ground. We have to avoid further traumatization. I have to about the worry. I have to worry about the people that are accounted for. Yes. At, you know, mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. she got sucked out. Of, there's nothing we can do about it right now. That happens. That, that has happened so many times to mm-hmm. some like rescuers, first responders, mm-hmm. um, or just in such like horrible situations like this. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. It's terrible. It is what terrible. a what a horrific thing to have to do. At eleven oh eight AM, crew contacted Flight Control once again to inform them about another suspected fire on board and mm. that they are about to land. Around the same time, a landing gear failure indicator lit up, letting the pilots know that they will need to perform a belly landing. Oh sometimes a, uh, in parentheses, sometimes a gears up landing term is used for this kind of situation. Gears How- up landing. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. However, gears up landing means Landing when the pilot forgets to extend the landing gear. Oh, okay. While belly landing refers to incidents where mechanical yep. malfunction occurs and the pilot is unable to extend the gear. That's an. I did not know that. That's an interesting thing to know. So a gears up landing, it's a pilot problem. Mm-hmm. A belly landing, it's a. <laughs> there's a problem. Problem. And then she has in. Uh, <laughs> and then she has in parentheses again. How in the actual fuck can anyone forget to extend the landing gear? Like, I, I don't know. Well, there it's, are checklists for that mm-hmm. purpose that I... The, the yeah, only thing I can think of is, you know, like, if you're a pilot and you fly enough, probably after a while it becomes like driving a car and well, you just... Well, that's why they have those checklists mm-hmm. so you don't forget a random thing like yeah. that. You don't space out. So, yeah, I think... <laughs> follow your checklist. <laughs> yes, please. Especially if you're a pilot. Please. <laughs> yes. Please do. Just in, in general, make and follow your checklists. Uh, and I have a little, I remember putting this thing in here. There was a belly landing episode of the Twilight Zone, the second iteration during the 80s. Oh, the terror at uh, 30,000 feet or whatever? Well, well they, they did redo that one, yes, but um, when they redid the television show in the 80s. Oh, the there TV was, show, okay. Yes, there was an episode of the Twilight Zone where um, it was a military plane, and this happened a lot during World War II. Its landing gear was malfunctioned. They had to belly land, but there is the... Uh, well, that ball, would have been a belly landing. That would have been a gears up landing. Well, whatever. <laughs> the uh, there was always uh, a ball turret gunner in the bottom, and they would wind up getting crushed because during a belly of... landing. I gotcha. So there was a Twilight Zone episode where the ball turret gunner, like they knew they had to sacrifice belly land and him. sacrifice him. Yeah. So he was an artist, and he started drawing wheels onto the plane and in the twilight zone it, it happened like the wheels it was, oh okay yeah. i got you like a like it was actually it was an episode that was like a good ending it was like oh wow oh like a happy ending because yeah. he managed to like uh imagine uh, that there were yes some, wheels onto the plane wow mm-hmm. okay. so by this time the pilots could clearly see the 33 runway they contacted the area control once again to exchange information about altitude, speed, etc., getting ready to land. Pilots were doing everything they could to control the plane, however, the damage and fire in the cargo area were too much to handle, making the plane ascend and descend uncontrollable. Oh no, now it's just out of control. I feel like there's, once things start getting out of the pilot's control, that's it's, when it's, it's That's when it's over. Because then, there's, then there's nobody in control. Yeah. You know. Chance is in control. Yeah. yeah. The last clear words from the cockpit voice recorder were, quote, good night, goodbye, bye, we perish. Oh, unquote. my God. At approximately 3.1 miles or 5 kilometers and around 50 seconds flying time away from runway oh, 33, man. 
the plane crashed into the ground. Oh, they so it it just wasn't controllable just enough couldn't, to just couldn't just couldn't get there. So close too. Oh. All 172 passengers, mm. which were 38 United States residents, they're they're flying back to New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, 11 crew members uh, and 11 crew members were were killed in the crash. So 183 people total. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is bad. Miraculously, nobody on the ground was either injured or killed. Considering, that is amazing. Yes. Considering it was a warm May day, and Kabata Woods is a popular place to spend a day. Ah. In fact, many people lived in the vicinity of Kabata Woods, and after the crash, many of them headed to the site. Wow. Again. You know, yeah. what, that, you know what that would be like? Um, a plane crashing in Umstead. Because that's close to RDU. That's close to our airport. It's very is, close to is, RDU. Um, and it's a... Umstead Park. Huge. It's hu- it recreational is huge. Recreational park, and it's a huge tourist spot. And if a plane, like, missed... And, and like or just couldn't make mist. it. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. The, a, a plane very well could, could crash there. Instead, yeah. 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 That's right. It's not far from the airport. If um, that ends up happening, that's going to be really creepy to listen back on this. I really yeah. Know let's. Yeah. Let's. Knock on wood. Yes. Let's not. Uh. Let's not have a, a new episode of the Twilight Zone. Ugh. We're not manifesting that. No. I won't draw it. <laughs> So airline officials would state during the investigation that Captain Palachik diverted the aircraft into the woods at the last minute to avoid oh. crashing into nearby residential areas. Okay, so, so he was he was stoic and was like, you know what, I got to do whatever I can to minimize damage. Mm-hmm. Let me. It, fewer people will be in the woods, then we'll be on a residential street. That's that's smart, very smart. Well, and clearly, based on the cockpit voice recorder, he he knew what was happening anyway yes. so so but what still amazes me is that people that can keep their cool enough to think through those who are about to die like they're accepting yeah. it mm-hmm. it's like a moment where they must accept what's going to happen well this and is because it. of that they can put aside the fear mm-hmm. and think like okay this is inevitable therefore what else can i do like it's extremely practical and really amazing very heroic so all of the victims bodies were dismembered in the mm. crash from a total of 183 bodies, only 62, uh, or I'm sorry, 62 were never identified. Oh, okay. Oh, that's horrible. There's a high possibility that the missing flight attendant was still on board during the crash, yeah, but considering but considering dismemberment of the bodies, it was impossible to positively identify her. How did that, uh, maybe I'm asking, I'm asking a question that we probably don't know the answer to is, is how it was determined, maybe through the voice recorder or something, that there was a flight attendant missing in the first place. I'm not sure. I, I'm I, I think the crew, sort of I think the flight recorder. attendants realized it. And then no, they, I get that, but they all died. So how did we find oh, out? Oh, I get that. Well, I am going to go through in a little bit. I'm going to go What's through recovered? the. Well, the recorder. Oh, I'm going to okay, go through gotcha. the. Yeah. That's my guess. Uh, uh, witnesses said that the aircraft lost altitude rapidly, mm. briefly skimmed treetops, and then plowed a 500 yard furrow through the forest, breaking apart as it went down. Oof. Its wings were sheared off, then it disintegrated into a huge explosion, followed by a series of smaller explosions that mm. touched off several small brush fires. Yo, oh, that's true, because it was in a forest. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Quote, I saw the plane diving, nose down, quote, unquote, oh. said Anna Zagorska, 26, who was picking flowers in her yard when she witnessed oh, the crash. Oh, my God. Can you imagine just like, no. And then looking up, and there's May, a fucking my plane falling out of the sky. Uh, that's like the that you can see. Bad, um storyline mm-hmm. with the plane and how it traumatized everybody who saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that plane crash had a running storyline throughout the rest of the mm-hmm. 
uh, series, and that that was like in the second season, I think. Yeah, I remember that season. It started with the teddy bear with the it eye did. missing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, quote, the explosion shattered glass in our house. Bodies were just lying all around. There was nothing. Just bodies. Doctors came, had a look around, and there was no one to save. Unquote. Zagorska would later remark to the Associated Press. Can you imagine? I I imagine that must be pretty traumatizing as a first responder, too. Like, okay, come on, let's save. Uh Uh-oh. There's nothing. There's nobody. That would be really traumatizing. Yeah. Yeah. Two days of national mourning were announced after the crash. Many officials from the entire world, including Pope John Paul II, uh, himself Polish, expressed their condolences to the families of the victims. Mm -hmm. Passengers were still well aware of the seriousness of the situation. During the wreckage recovery, a Bible belonging to Helena do Maraca was found. Mm -hmm. On the title page, she had written, Day Nine... Uh, day 905 1987 right, September 5th yep no uh, or May 9th, 9th. <laughs> I, I know, know. Other way around. opposite way damage to the plane oh god what will happen mm. Helena do Maraca uh, Warzawa Yul R Targor after she had given her name she wrote her address so that was her address well, that I just that's again talk about like I'm just gonna leave something behind mm-hmm. like to have the presence of mind to do that uh, oh, wow! Fires that were fires in the forest that were started by the crash were quickly extinguished and were oh, all put out by 12 p.m. That so could have been a, a little over so a little yeah. over an hour after the crash, all yeah. the forest fires, well, the brush well, fires good. were put out. So it must, uh, I guess, it must not have been like a a dry summer or whatever. Whatever yeah. they were able to control them, that's good. Well, it's still springtime, right? Yeah, May. Yeah, well, technically spring, you're right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the cause of the crash. A team of technical and medical experts was established immediately by the Polish government and rushed to the crash scene. The investigators would recover two vital pieces of debris from the downed aircraft, the black box, and the mm-hmm. cockpit voice recorder. Mm-hmm. Following interaction begins at the moment of the first explosion. This correspondence is just between the pilots and the crew. Okay. So at 10.41 a.m., uh, intermittent, intermittent acoustic signal of autopilot disengagement. Oh, okay. So 10.41 crew hey pressurization acoustic ringing signal of cabin decompression so these are just all the alarms going on mm-hmm. yeah uh crew is there a fire what's going on probably a fire engine shut it down crew shut down that first one is burning crew fire all small all small uh referring to engines throttles okay. crew warsaw all small decompression two engines are gone Two engines are gone, shut down, we're turning around, fire. Danger, Warsaw Radar, La- Warsaw Warsaw Radar. Uh, he's calling flight control then. Oh, okay. The next correspondence is between the pilots and air traffic control. So everything I just read okay, was, was, just was between, between the, the crew. crew. Yeah. Okaucha Tower. From your current position, you have about 15 kilometers to the runway. Crew, understood. Crew, to the left, engines to the left. Tower, 5055 to the left, to the left, 050. Crew, okay. Tower, 5055 to the left, course 360. Crew, we want to turn, that's just what we want. Mm. Tower, keep turning, turn to 360. Now you have about 12 kilometers to the runway. Crew, okay. Is Ta- this is this all at the same time, or is this... Oh, this is over, this is different this, times. These yes. Are in different there, they're they're yeah. within about a minute or two of each other. Oh, okay. 
Um, crew, we are turning to the left. Tower, start final approach about 11 kilometers from the runway. Crew, we will do all we can. Tower, understood. Mm-hmm. Tower, to the left, course 320. Crew, understood. Tower, you've come to the right-hand side of the runway center line. Continue left, course 300. Wind is 290 degrees, 22 kilometers per hour. You are cleared for runway 33. Crew, okay. Transmitter turned on four times. Fragments of unintelligible mm-hmm. utterances. This is about, this is at 11.12 a.m., so just a few minutes after um, they realized that they've lost two engines and they're oh, trying okay. to get back. So the next intelligible utterance is at 11.12 a.m. in 13 seconds. Crew, good night, goodbye, we perish. Mm. So that's the last thing that came from the voice cockpit recorder. Yeah. That's, um, it's funny how stilted conversation, like actual conversation sounds written. (laughs) It just gives you like the difference between written dialogue Mm -hmm. and spoken dialogue. Yes. But also like... In the moment, you know, and what were the, like they said okay like ten times because what else do you say like mm-hmm. okay I got it like we're, we're trying, but that the last thing is obviously very sad. Yeah, and it was, I mean they knew what was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I just mm, I was gonna say I just well they knew that. it wasn't they they knew it was not going to be good. Yeah, I I just hope the passengers maybe didn't, but if it was witness going nose down, I mean they knew. yeah. Well, and the the one passenger who wrote. Yeah, it seems like they saw it coming. Yeah. That sucks. Yes, it does. So the cause of the crash. The accident's cause was similar to that of Lot Polish Airline Flight 007's crash seven years earlier. Oh. After the disaster of Flight 007, the Polish Investigatory Commission established that its engine shaft disintegration was the result of metal fatigue, which was Mm. improper alloy preparation resulting in a defective mechanism which was less resistant to fatigue, huh. and a faulty design of the engine shaft itself. Okay. Te- detection of these faults was possible only after complete disassembly of the engine and detailed analysis of all its elements, and as such was beyond the capabilities of aircraft yeah. maintenance personnel. So it's really, it's a defect yeah. in the actual... It was a defective plane. Mm-hmm. That wasn't going to last that very wasn't, long. And that, was gonna... and that wasn't going to be noticed by... Nope. It had to literally be disassembled mm-hmm. to notice it. Yep. Yeah. These concerns were addressed by the Polish government's Special Disasters Commission in the 1980 inquiry, but the Soviet designers, engineers, and scientists disagreed with these findings, stating that the turbine disintegration was the result of engine failure, not its cause. So, Funny how that turned out to be not the case. Yeah. But when have we ever known the Soviets to lie? Never. Nobody expects the KGB. <laughs> no, they don't. They're probably still around too, for all we know. Uh, <laughs> well, we know. Well, we know the president of uh, of Russia was, was a, a former was a, yeah, KGB right. agent. Maybe that's why he won that hockey game. The rest were KGB agents. That might be. Like helping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you want to watch something funny, uh, look up uh, uh, Vladimir Putin playing hockey. And anytime he gets the puck, you'll just see every like it just parts like the Red Sea, and and all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the goalie forgets how to stop pucks. <laughs> um, I, I recently listened to the audiobook uh, uh, "Agent Agent Running in the Field," I think it was called uh, John Le Carre, and uh, or John Le Carre, and he 
he narrated the book, like he died at the end of last year, but he narrated his last book, and uh, he kept calling him Poutine. Poutine. <laughs> Which just makes me think uh, of the, yeah. the, the French fries. It makes, with, me, it makes me want to uh, eat them. Cheese curds and gravy. Vladimir <laughs> uh, Poutine. But in, but in all seriousness, like, I don't, it's not like I blame the other people playing, like, I'm not, oh, well, yeah. Would you? I'm yeah. not going to get a slug in the back of my head over like a beer league pickup game because yeah. I tried to block one of Vladimir Putin's shots. Right. Like, I'm just, <laughs> like, I'm just not, like, uh, like I'm just, just going to let just, him score. Just play your role in the propaganda <laughs> yeah. and move on. <laughs> yeah, I can't blame them. So the turbine inside the inner left engine started to malfunction because of insufficient amount of faulty bearings inside the engine. So 13 bearings were installed instead of regu- uh, what regulation required, which was 26. Oh, wow. So there was also just a defective and they, manufacturing and I, yeah, And I do remember kind of putting, like, researching this part of it, too. Um, like, it, nobody knows if that was intentional or not. Like, it's just they installed 13 bearings instead of 26. Well, Somebody it's could exactly have forgot. half the amount. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were meant to be pairs. They Something did, like, like that. Singles. It seems to me like it's just somebody forgot, and then there was nobody there to check over. Well, unless you're a sick who fuck knows. who wants to sabotage a plane, like you're well, probably... Well, there's a lot of that going around at this time well, still. Well, I know. It's yeah. Eastern Europe in the late mm-hmm. 80s, but still. So when bearings reach temperatures of 1,800 degrees, or 1,000 degrees Celsius, they explode and destroy. They exploded and destroyed oh. the shaft. The turbine disc on the burning engine separated from the destroyed shaft, and the freed disc spun to enormous speed and within seconds exploded. Jeez. That's what caused the fuselage, fuselage puncture and damage to the engine number one. Was this so disc spinning just out of spinning control? out of control and just wow. literally getting ejected through. Oh my god. So during the investigation, it had been concluded that the engine turbine disc in the inner left engine would probably have survived the entire flight had the crew not applied maximum thrust. Oh, to get through that airspace. In an attempt to quickly climb to the 180 level. But, but, devil's advocate. But that's what... It would have happened at some point. Yes, it would (laughs) have. It just happened to this flight because they said at some point somebody was going to go full throttle. Right. (laughs) You know, for one reason or another, this just happened to be the reason. So yeah. all all crew members posthumously, posthumously received high military and mm-hmm. civil decorations. Yeah. It is suspected that the crew decided to not finish the 180-degree turn as they knew they would crash, and instead yeah. headed towards Kabata Forest in an attempt to save lives on the ground and to crash away from the urbanized area. Well, that's very heroic. After the crash, the place where Flight 5055 came down and exploded was, during three months of cleanup, plowed and sown with new trees. Mm. A high black Christian cross and a black stone engraved with the names of the crash victims stands at the Kabata Forest to commemorate the victims. Mm. As of 2020, the long scar on the forest is still perfectly visible from the air. Oh, that's right. We had those uh, pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, sources, anti-Wikipedia, of course, <laughs> JoeMonster.org, FlightSafetyAustralia.com. And she has a, a little pronunciation guide. Oh, okay. Nina, so I, I figured I'd put this in. Okay. Uh, lot is pronounced as one word. Okay. Uh, I dashed 62M. The I sound is the same as W. Read as E. That's right. That's, so it's that's why, I yes, with an is, L with a little cross yeah. slash through it. Yeah. Uh, kabati, the Y at the end has a hard sound kind of sounding like, uh, like kabata. Uh, okay. I honestly have no clue how to explain the pronunciation of this one in writing. I don't the, mind. Re- oh, uh, of Okacha. Okacha. I don't mind recording myself and sending you the video (laughs) or having a Zoom call. Like, seriously, Polish language is so difficult, even I struggle. (laughs) 
Uh, Zygmunt Palachik, the Y in both first and last name is a hard Y. Again, kind of like, uh, like Kabata, Palachik. The W has a V sound. CZ is sound is pretty much the same as CH in Chile. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Leopold like Car- Czech, like the Czech yeah. Republic. Yeah. Leopold Karcher, the CH sound is the same as an H sound, just mm-hmm. like just like in a word hamburger. So it's Car. 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 Uh, Tadios Kozusko, uh, <laughs> another one I can't think of any comparisons to even try to make it easier for you guys, and that's <laughs> <laughs> well done, Nina. But you, you you did your best probably with um, uh, hockey name experience. Yes, huh? <laughs> yes, I've seen a lot of strange names. Yeah, watching the NHL for you know, forty years, however long I've been if you watching. Had to- What's one of the weird? Well, I shouldn't say weird because it's not weird. It, nothing is weird in its own language. You, you want the best hockey yes, name of all time? Best hockey name to American ears. Uh, my favorite hockey name of all time, and this was, I think he's still alive. Probably is. This is an actual person's name. Is uh, Darius Kasparaitis. <laughs> Darius Kasparaitis. <laughs> yes, it sounds like a germ. <laughs> it does. It sounds like a germ, like yes. a, a Latin like uh, whooping cough. Yes. It's like it's like what causes whooping cough. Yes. Darius Kasparaitis. But uh, he was basically. He was kind of a goon. Mm. He was more of like a defenseman, def- defensive defenseman. He played for Pittsburgh for a long time. Okay. But, what uh, era? Uh, late 90s, early yeah. 2000s, um, or mostly in the 90s. But anyway, he scored an overtime goal in the playoffs once, and he literally had like five goals in his career. Something. Oh, wow. Like, <laughs> and like and like his teammates were like ragging on him like after the game, like saying to the press, like, I've never even seen him score a goal in practice. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Darius Kasparanis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, that that is my favorite. There's a there's lots of good names. Oh sure. Anti Ranta. Uh, are you pro or anti Ranta? Is like his, <laughs> the joke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nino Nina Ryder is Nino Nina Ryder is a pretty good one. Right Tavo now. Tavo Teravainen. Teravainen. <laughs> yeah. Yes. A lot of good names. A lot of great. Uh, like. Um, what is his name? Shay? Brady Shay. Yeah. Brady Shay. But it's spelled S K E. It's S K J E I. Yeah. Yeah, Brady Shay. It sound, he sounds like the most preppy, like. Yeah, he's, Ameri- he's American, too. Brady Shay. <laughs> yeah. But it's not S H E A. He's an American with, like, the least American spelled last name. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was not a fun diversion after that horribly depressing situation. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Nina. Yes. Well done on the horribly depressing research, but that's how it goes when you have a disaster podcast. And uh, <laughs> and we, we hope we got this version of the episode more right than the last one it we tried. It feels a lot better than it the does. last one we did. last one we did was kind of painful, and, and again, if it's painful to us... <laughs> we can only imagine how it will be for you. Exactly. Yeah. So and that one felt a lot better. Like we did, and again, and again, that was not your fault, Nina. Nope, that was that's us. That was our fault. (laughs) That's why we decided to redo it. Yes, indeed. Because I think that was like it's been like two. That was like two months ago. It was a few months. I was in the middle of tax season. I don't remember anything. Mm -mm. So yeah. All right. Well, that was the story of Lot Polish Airlines Flight Fifty Fifty Five. Is that right? That is correct. See, I don't even need it. Okay. Well, just in case you did. I'm a professional. No, I'm not. <laughs> not at all a professional. Lot Polish Airlines Flight 5055. Uh, cur- research courtesy of Nina. Yes. This has been another episode of All Bad. Thanks. I'm Rachel. I'm David. We'll see you next week. <laughs>